You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we're continuing our weekly shir of Zohar on the Parsha. And in Parsha's Mishpatim, we come in contact with one of the most beautiful elements of the Zohar HaKadosh, referred to as the Saba de Mishpatim. The Saba, the, the old teacher, the old man, the grandfather that is expressed in Parsha's Mishpatim. And this area of the Zohar HaKadosh and the teachings of this area of the Zohar HaKadosh and the themes that are learned out from this area in the Zohar are seen as some of the most significant expressions of the aura of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the Zohar itself, up there with Idra Rabba, Idra Zuta, with the elements of Tzafr Ditzniusa. Tzabed Mishpatim is, is a fundamental element, a fundamental expression of a, of a subtext, of a type of framework in which the Zohar Kaddish describes itself, Tzabed Mishpatim. Now, to go into the teachings of Saba de Mishpatim is to go throughout all of the sugyos and to try and understand the sugyos of the Neshama and the Naran Chai. But ultimately, like we've spoken about in the past about the Zohar Kadosh, that the Zohar offers us a doubled portion in this world. It offers us a portion of the Torah, and it also offers us a portion of the Derech Eretz Kadma Torah. And that Derech Eretz Kadma Torah is the walking that the Tanayim did, that the Chavraya Kadisha did in the roads of northern Eretz Yisrael. But that walking, that joy along the path of friendship and companionship and conversations surrounded around his kashas to a pillar, to tzaddik, to Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and to live in the world of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and to take joy in the friendship of those who find themselves in that world. And each yid finds themselves in that world. And ultimately, that or of friendship and the derech and the secret of anun b'chavivusa ta'yamilsa, that no matter what's going on, no matter what the Torah is saying, fundamentally the relationship between the Chavraya Kadisha, between Ishel Achiv, between one person and themselves, one person and the other, is a fundamental element of the Torah. This is what Rabbi Shimon learns from Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, who understood the secret of the Ahaftalorecha Kamocha, the Ahaftalorecha Kamocha, Zeklal Gadobatoira. And we know that Ravitchemeyer Shlita points out, based on certain girsos, certain understandings in the Gemara about Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim who died as a result of not showing honor, not treating one another properly, not understanding the secret of companionship and friendship, that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai was counted amongst the Talmidim who died and also counted amongst the new Talmidim, that he was a transitionary space wherein there was a connection to the old path of Rabbi Akiva and to the new path of the understanding of Rabbi Akiva, meaning that the light of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the lesson that he learned from Rabbi Akiva is the importance of kibud echad asasheni, the recognition of each person carrying a secret. Each yid carries a secret that I can never fully grasp. And when I can orient myself to each yid as 
recognizing the bittal, the self-nullification that I have in that place of unknowability of the other, that's where the person is their deepest self, that's where the person is to Baruch Hu, and that place I have no access to, Mamela, each and every person I encounter is going to be a Merkava to the Shekhinah, is going to be somebody who represents an opportunity for me to be Mavata myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu again. And when each person carries themselves in that way, with bittal to one another, there's the secret of friendship. It's a friendship that emerges out of an enoughness, rather than a friendship that emerges out of a sense of privation where each person feels that they're drawing upon the strength of the other or however many people there are and when one is up one is down it leads to a desire to take from the other with eyes of jealousy but ultimately the secret of friendship is the shiva'on the hischabras the recognition that my friend can do this I can do that and both of us can't do what the other can do and through the interconnection and the interinclusion of neshama ben neshama so that secret of hischabras of we both fulfill each other and we are able to convey to the world what it is that this particular relationship needs to convey and the secret of that without a chavrusa, without the light of chavivus, without the light of ahava at the heart of all things, without that light of ahava that light of ahava and his chavrus and chavivus is the light of the Zohar Kadosh. that's the derech eretz shekadmah the, the Torah is the Torah, but in the Zohar Kadosh we also get the derech that leads to the Torah and it's the derech of friendship and it's also the derech where we begin to pay attention to the narrative elements, theoretically the things that are not sugyos in Torah, not based on psukim in the Torah, but rather the posture of the Tanayim, the posture of the Chavraya, the stances that they make, the exclamations that they make in excitement for the Torah, the conversation between teaching and teaching. So to speak, that this element, the narrative of the Zohar Kaddush, is giving us as much insight into the world of Rabbi Shimon and his Chavraya as the teachings themselves are. As the Zidachavir, that Teresvis, Chusyogan the Sarha Zohar, points out that every expression of speech, every expression of some physical movement or some relational attitude, or whatever way a person is moving in this world, if a, if a Tana jumped when they wanted to give a drusha, or a Tana was silent, or they cried, or they laughed, or they smiled, or there was stunned silence, each and every one of those represent a different mode of encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu and another person in my life. The Zohar HaKadosh is, is, is available, saturated with moods of spirituality that can be mined to understand how the the Derech Eretz Kadma Torah took place with the Chavraya. And here we see in the beginning of the Sabbath Mishpatim, before we find the amazing teachings of the Sabbath Mishpatim, we find one of the most poetically evocative and beautiful introductions to the Zara Kadosh, which really brings a person themselves into the very content of the Sabbath of Mishpatim, to be displaced, to be put back in a place of wonderment, to realize that ultimately I don't know, and what I thought was up is ultimately down, and what I thought was down is ultimately up, and ultimately to realize that my life is a further expression of a Gilgul, which is what the entire Zohar of Parshas Mishpatim is about, which is Elo Mishpatim Da Raza the Gilgula, the secret of what the Balasulam referred to as the multiple Gilgulam that each and every person goes through in their lives themselves each and every day, the Galgal Hacha the shifts and the orientations and the formations and reaction formations that we have to form in reaction to all of the different encounters and spins of the wheel of the day, those are all Gilgulim, those are all the secret of Gilgul. And what the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh describes is that when a person finds themselves in a, in a state in the world, at whatever moment in their life where they feel that they can't convey what they truly need to convey, and they know a secret, they know a truth, they know something that is not being received by the world in this particular instance, I feel I'm right, they feel I'm wrong, and ultimately I feel unheard, and the person is ultimately being honest with themselves, so the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh says when a person comes to a place of being held in judgment, 
in a state of mishpat without really understanding why. Chalk it up to the fact that we are not the main players in our stories and that daraz the gilgula and that there are certain elements like we learned from Moshe Rabbeinu that stand beyond rational reason. That's the aura of the gilgul. That's the aura of what it means that things continue even after they end and things end even after they continue. And it's the secret of the continue and the ever-flowing, evolving process of Kedusha. So that orientation to Parshas Mishpatim, which already displaces us, so then we come to find the introduction to the Sabbath of Mishpatim. And I cannot claim to have any Havana whatsoever, understanding of the Sabbath of Mishpatim, but what I can do is read the words and bring out some of the elements that the Tzadikim, Rabbi Nachman, the Tzadikim of Ishbitz Radzin, of Kamarna, of Zidachav, of the Gra, what they point out in this particular sugya itself. They were awoken one evening in the Migdal Ditsur, in the town of Tzur. Iaru is a language of awakening. It's also a language of arai, of a happening, meaning to say that the events that take place in the nightscape of the Zohar Kadosh, in the Laila of a person's life, where friendship is most significant and Chavivu Satalia Milsa is the most important thing. So in that place, each and every encounter, each and every relationship is marked with both a sense of there was an awakening, there was an arousal, a sense of connection for something to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but at the very same moment that arousal, that awakening from below is also arai, it's impermanent because there's an awareness of the impermanency of things, the air of the Zohar Kadosh is the Marav Tuvchas or Safant that air of the north, which reminds one of the transiency of things, the crisp nature of the air that blows through things, revealing that the Iker thing is breath and that everything else is just a casing to breath. That light of the Tzafon is what forces the Chavaya to become aware and to bend themselves to the fact that there's an awakening, but at the same point, it's also marked by a certain temporary status. And you see this in the Zohar Kadosh when so many times there's a drasha, there's a beautiful drasha, and they say at the end of the drasha, Had we not come to the world only to hear this, it would have been enough. But it's never enough for them. There's always a recognition that it would have been enough. If only it were this, it would have been enough, but it is this, and it's still not enough, because there's an awareness of a transiency in the Zohar Kadosh, which forces a person into the moment itself, because when no piece of Torah is going to satisfy the, the craving of the Neshama to grasp the root of the Torah, the giver of the Torah, so then there's going to be the birth of infinite interpretations of the Torah, where every Pasuk becomes a, a, a poetic field where a person can plant and grow various flowers of spiritual avoida in, in Panemius and in Chitzonius. So there's an awakening that comes with a transiency of things, and it's in a nighttime. It's b'chad layla b'migdal d'tzur, in a real place. They met there, and they began to travel together, and there was a joy that came about through their friendship. There was a joy. When two yidin meet, there's something that comes out of it, and that something is simcha. There's a, a yishav halavavos, where each and every person understands in the eyes of their fellow, in the eyes of their friend, in the eyes of that person that they're choosing to connect to in that moment, there's a certain sense of alleviation of the burden of the day-to-day -day grind, because ultimately part of that burden, part of what makes the burden feel burdensome is the sense of aloneness, is the sense of isolation, which is ultimately the root of so many difficult things. And there's a joy that comes about simply by the fact that there are two Yidin getting together. We know the Kotzke Rebbe says that ultimately Malach can't stand in the place where two Yidin are together because there's nothing holier than that. 
How glad am I, says Rav Yossi, once he sees Rav Chiyani, experiences the joy of finding the others along the path. How glad am I to see your face, because seeing your face is like seeing the face of the Shekhinah. Again, orienting oneself that each and every person that I encounter in this world, each and every person, the stranger, the friend, the person on the path, the person off the path, the person meandering, the person walking straight, every aspect is just another Gilgal. It's just another representation of an idea being recycled over and over again in my life so that I can learn the proper way of responding to it, so that I can learn the proper way of being modeled with that Gilgal, with that element that is arising in my life right now. That when a person sees that, when a person sees each and every other person as a messenger, as a Merkava Tishchina, so then they're able to say, Chadina Dechamina An I'm glad to see you like I'm glad to see the face of the Shechina. So why is Rav Yossi glad? Rav Yossi is not just glad because he saw his friend who was like the face of the Shechina, but there's also something that he's being alleviated of right now because as Rabbi Nachman writes on the second day of the seven beggars with the blind beggar that ultimately the, the voices in this world, even in the Zayar HaKadosh, because everything of this world is still cut through with the sense of lack because ultimately it's not a Kaddosh Baruch Hu and Torah Hashem to Mima Meshivas Nafesh, it restores the lack and so therefore within the Torah itself there's still an element of the Chisaron that's necessary. And so there's not only the joy of seeing Rav Yossi, there's not only the pure joy of positive things, but there's also the relief of negative things. There's a joy that comes about by the relief from something that was uncomfortable, and there's the joy that emanates out of itself without any transition of mood, and both are present within the Zohar Kaddish. Both are functional within the mind. It's Tarcha Bechada Sabataya. This entire trip, says Rav Chia, I've been followed along by this donkey driver, this, this traveler who is carrying things, the Havei Sha'ili, who is bothering me with questions, he's questioning me, he's putting me into question this entire path. This stranger is following him along the path, asking him questions. But Rav Chia is not saying that he asked him questions. He put me into question. He put my experience, Lee, into question. Because when a person encounters a stranger, when a person encounters something other, something that seems distant from what my mind can typically assume as being part of my framework of understanding, so then I already begin to question myself. When I see something questionable, the question is reflected back onto me. And as Rabbi Nachman teaches, that question is ultimately a singular question of where am I in the world? Which is an echo of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's call to Adam Arishon, which is Ayeka. When we ask ourselves that question of where am I in the world, we're answering for Adam Arishon. We're answering Hashem's call. Where are you? We're responding, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You want to know where we are? We don't know where we are either. We're where we are at. We're on the path. And that's the answer. That's the secret of being put into question along the path. Manhu nachsha parach ba'avira ve'azil bepiruda. And this strange traveler who was carrying things, this donkey driver, he was following along, asking me ridiculous questions, putting me into question. What is the secret of the snake that floats in the air of Azil Bipiruda and it continues on in a state of separation? Whether it's in a status of flying or whether it's in a status of rest, nevertheless, there's a singular ant, there's a singular ant that rests between its teeth and finds calmness. It begins in a sense of connectivity and it ends in a sense of separation. All of these ideas, all of these enigmatic questions, the role of questioning that the Saba is revealing is that by asking a question, no matter how strange it might be, it's a it's a ha'alas man, every kasha, every displacement that comes about by saying something that forces a person to reorient themselves to the way that they've looked at a previous idea, 
not to destroy their previous awareness of it, but to orient a, a certain way of looking at it, to point out the joke in it, as Rabbi Nachman reveals in his stories, that the way to understand something deeply is to understand its nakuda of schoik, that place where I'm able to force the person to, or the idea to undergo a deconstruction so that it could put it back together. It's the secret of the menorah of Chesronos, that the most beautiful menorah was the one that was ultimately built out of the understanding of the chisaron and every other menorah. So this questioning, this orientation, this mila de bidichusa that precedes all revelation of Torah, as we understand from Matan Torah, that the joke of Matan Torah was that kafalem harkagigis, Hakadosh Baruch Hu promised as if that He was going to destroy us. Kiilu, there's a reality where Hakadosh Baruch Hu destroys us. Chas v'shalom. Kiilu, there's a reality where Hakadosh Baruch Hu would want to destroy us fully. That's the joke. And that's the joke that's necessary prior to the receiving of the Torah. That's the displacement. The joke is a recognition that I don't know what's what right now, because if it ends in a real way, then that's troubling. But if it's revealed to be a joke, then that's fine. And the, the moment prior to the telling of the joke or the punchline of the joke is the moment of kind of the, the breath, holding the breath that will eventually become a gasp in, in, in reaction or will become a laugh. But that holding of the breath, that place of being displaced prior to the answer, is what this traveler is doing. He's asking strange questions, all of which are representative of the deepest, secret, the deepest secrets of Seder Ashtalshulus and Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, as Rabbi Nachman describes, all of them, unfortunately, we discussed before, or earlier described, as well as, as terms that can be applied psychologically to the self in a very rich way when a person just reads the words, it orients a certain awakening. And what is this bird, what is this eagle that rests in the tree that never was? The Israbu Be'eser Deloy Isperiru, created in a place where it's not created. When it arises, it, when it raises upwards, it rests, and when it rests, it raises upwards. Train the Inun Chad, two that are one, Vachad the Inun Plus, and one that is three. Mahu Ulamta Shapirta Delaisla Ainin Vagufa Tamirta Viskalia. What is the secret of the beautiful maiden without eyes? The Ulamta Shapirta Delaisla Ainin, the beautiful maiden without eyes. The Gufa Tamirta, whose body is concealed, but revealed at the very same time. It's revealed at nighttime and it's concealed during the day. Refined and adorned with adornments, with supplements that are not even real. Things that have never been. All of these things he was asking me along the way, and I was bothered by this. And again, ultimately, all of these questions are oriented, and the Sabbat the Mishpatim, the secret of the Torah HaKadosha, and the Nefesh Adam and the Hishabras between the two of them, the secret of love between the individual who's learning the Torah and the Torah itself, the uncovering of that Ahava, that Yud Gimel, Midol Shatorah Nadreshas Behen, the ability to hermeneutically open up every part of the Torah to infinite vistas, to illuminate each and every moment in a person's life, because each and every person is the lens through which the Torah is being revealed as the Arizal brings down that the parish of the Zohar HaKadosh shifts in accordance with every hour, with in accordance with every day, just as the name of HaKadosh Baruch whose expression in this world shifts. Each person can also find, based on what the Tzadikim say, themselves in these Maisen, themselves in these experiences. Kol da'a d'shayel ba'orchavitz da'arna. Rabbi says, he asked me all of these things 
Rabbi Yossi says, rather, he asked me all of these things and I was bothered. This is being put into question. When something is strange, when there's a, a creeping sense that I might have to reorient the way that I'm looking at a certain situation and that perhaps all of my deeply held assumptions about this person or that resentment or this, that, or the other thing that's keeping me stuck, perhaps there's an air that's about to blow that away and reveal to me my mistaken path in thinking and offer me the path of new thinking. And prior to the opening that a person has when they begin to crack open or crack up from the joke and they begin to realize that the way I've been looking at something doesn't have to necessarily be the way that I look at it. In the beginning, it's it's the Arna. When a person is put into question, there's a painful process. Just as the Yitziah of Mitzrayim starts with asking the, the questions of the why this and why that, because there's a painful awareness of the shifts and that leads ultimately to the joke and the laugh of Chagadya. Vahashta isle nicha. And now I have come, now I have rest. Because had I been alone, then at least I would have been engaged in words of Torah, says Rabbi says Yaisi. At least I would have been engaged of Torah, but now I've been engaged in milin achrinin de toyu. It's not enough that I wasn't engaged in words of Torah, but I was operating in the world of other words. That's how he saw these questions prior to understanding their secrets. That's how this Tana, this Chaver, saw these questions prior to allowing himself, Kav Yachot, to be displaced by them. He says, if only, at least, I wasn't learning Torah, but I was here wasting my time, milin achrinin de tohu, chaotic words, secrets that represent chaos, the oilam atohu, the oilam atohu, that world that is higher than the world of order, where the Tachlis is to bring disorder into order itself, kalim de orus de tohu, kalim de tiklun. Amra sabataya yadis beklun. And Rebchia answers Rav Yossi after hearing the story of his friend, and he says, knew with regards to this carrier, this driver, this, this donkey driver that was following behind you, did he know anything? Rav Yossi answers him, he doesn't answer whether he knew anything. He answers that what I know is that there was no essence to the words that he was saying. That it's not real. It's not real in the sense that I understand real. It's something different. It's something different. And yes, he's speaking theoretically negatively about the words of this of this traveler, this strange person. But ultimately, he's aware that I don't know that they're not true. I just know that there's no mamashas to it. There's no way of dragging it down and, and being magashim. There's no way of ruining it. Mamashu, it, 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 it evades the grasp of the mind. Every time one tries to contemplate the secrets of one can't grasp those secrets. One can only grasp them by way of realizing that one can't grasp them. And ultimately, it's this secret. It's this secret where he says, There's no mamashas to it. Because if he knew anything, then he would have opened up his mouth with the Torah Kadosh. In the times of Rashbi, they were able to say to each other, Open up your mouth and allow your words to illuminate the air. Because in the times of Rashbi, Rishus was Nasuna, and the waters of above were opened, and each and every person was able to learn. As the Tamidim of the Baal Tov wanted as well, and as our generation is seeing as well. Everybody has access to Pneumia Satara. And if this person knew any Torah, then we wouldn't have had spent the rest of this time in emptiness. Again, it's gone from Sha'ili, Rabbi Yossi is put into question by this traveler. Then he understands that he was in Sar as a result of these questions of the traveler. And now he's saying that he spent time speaking words of chaos. 
Those words of chaos certainly didn't have any essence to them. And now he refers to them as emptiness, that it brought him face to face with the secret of the halal. And when one faces the halal, that which appears empty, it's the secret of reorienting myself to the tzimtzum. I have to reorient myself towards what concealment means, which is what the entire Sabbath Mishpatim is about. Then at first, every tzimtzum appears to be an emptiness, but that emptiness is then revealed to be a higher level of revelation, as we're going to see throughout the Sabbath Mishpatim, that the entire secret of the Torah is the concealment, is the revelation itself, that it hides itself and it reveals itself. That no matter what we grasp of the Torah, it still remains razad gagula. It still remains just jumbled up letters because we haven't even begun to understand the permutation of the Torah, as the Ramban says. That the entire Torah, the gilgulim of the oisios, the galgale ha-oisios, as Rav Avram Abulafia, and that base medrash of Torah Sanavua comes from. That recognition that the Torah itself is just reorienting itself over and over and over. Gal Gelachoyzer, revealing new names of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Same letters, same ancient letters, irreducibly so, never changing, never moving, but ultimately undergoing the shift, the cosmic and quantum shift that's undergoing every single moment, making something new at each moment. That they're undergoing this process. They're undergoing this process now of being put into question and feeling that emptiness. Amar Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia says, <laughs> who already knows what's going on over here. Rebchia, who when Rav Yossi sees him, he says, wow, I've seen the Shechina, because now that Rav Chia is identified as a Shechina for Rav Yossi, he's going to learn something from his friend. That's how we learn from our friends. When we're mamlech chaviru aleinu, when we allow ourselves to see the Shechina HaKadosha within the individual and the Nitzah Tatoiv, then at that moment they become my teacher and I start learning from them. Oy chavrusa, oy misusa. Each friend is listening to the nekuda pnimis of what the other friend is giving over. And each other person is listening to the every other nekuda. And so Rebchia begins to offer a little bit of insight to Rebchia. Is this person here? Is this person who's been traveling with you here? Because sometimes, sometimes it turns out on this path, that it's specifically with the empty ones that one is going to come to find tremendous treasures. Tremendous treasures, gold, gold which represents the Gavuros Hanim Takim, the secret of the, the, the fullness of the moon, the, the time of Shlomo Melech, the 15th generation, where the Sihara Be'eshlamusa, where Malchus is finally at its tippy top, where concealment is seen to be as reflective of revelation as revelation is. Where the ulamta de shapirta de leispa'inin, where that beautiful maiden without eyes is not a deviation away from the ability to have hashkacha pratis, but rather the secret that our eyes are hashkacha pratis. That secret of the unity between the two of them, that secret that's coming out is referred to as ma'alas hazahav ala kesef. So Rabchia says that, are you sure this person was so empty? Because sometimes you'll find gold there. Amr hahachi ihu, v'itkin b'mechle. said, here he is, and he's setting up his animals for food. Because the avoid of the tzaddikim, the wandering tzaddikim, is that they're tending to their animals. The tzaddikim anistarim, the tzaddikim that are hidden within the sea, Rav Nuna Saba and his son Rav Yavai Saba, that we're going to see that these tzaddikim are the nistarim. These are the tzaddikim who float within the sea, those elements within our mind that operate in the unconscious, the tzaddikim of our unconscious mind. As opposed to the tzaddikim on the land who operate in revelation, they're teaching something clear. It's tzaddikim underneath the sea who have to speak in riddles because they're the ones awakening us to the joke of it all, to the need to reorient ourselves towards everything, to learn the secret of taking it less seriously and that we can begin to really own ourselves and be present in Avedis Hashem. 
He's engaged in that lower part. They called upon him and he came close to them. And now it's the donkey driver who begins to speak. Ah, now I find that what was once two is three, and now it's three that is like one. Again, with the riddles, and now he's bringing those riddles to Rabbi also. Have I not told you, Rabbi he says, he turns to Rabbi didn't I tell you that all of his words are emptiness and that they operate in a state of emptiness? Now, if they're empty, then what's operating in a state of emptiness? But rather, it's like we said, that the emptiness is the revelation of these words because it's the displacement prior to the expression of Torah, the mila de chusa, the secret of the trained inun chad, chad inun tlasa, ma'ulam teshibirta deles ba'enin v'gufa temirta, v'zgalia iunafkis v'safra v'zkasi b'yamama v'zkashit b'kshitin delehavu, those jokes that displace the individual. Yasiv <clears throat> Kaime. And he sat down. Ravchia doesn't respond. He sits in front of him. The wagon driver, the donkey driver sits in front of him. He says, Gentlemen, I am a recent worker. I am employed in this job recently. Because in the beginning, I did not function this way. In the beginning, I wasn't down here as a wagon driver. I wasn't down here as a donkey driver. But I have a single son who wants to have a singular son, and that singular son wanted to go and learn Torah, and I need to now allow him to engage in the efforts of Torah. This is the secret of Reverend Nuna Saba Ubeno, the secret of Moshe Abenu, the secret of Mashiach, Mahu Mashem Beno, the secret of the Leviasan, the secret of that his godless of the Torah, of the Yam as the Abasha, like the Grub points out, that Koyda Mashiach, the, the Nistaros, which are Nechshav Kiyam, the Yam HaChachma, the concealment, the Nistaros HaTorah are going to be revealed in a way that even though they continue to be revealed, they'll still be, even though they continue to be concealed, they'll still be revealed explicitly to us. And these are the visitations of that mindset of Ramhim Nunasaba, that base medrash of the sea, that learning from the secrets of the watery flow of the Chachma Kaduma, the ability to live in the secret of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Minhamayim Mishisihu, of Yona Ben Amitai, who's swallowed up by the fish, the big fish, the secret of Leasan. There's other tzaddikim who are in the secret of the Shor Habar. There are other tzaddikim who walk around and populate the world of Panemius and the world of the Zohar that orient us to different perspectives. But here, these wayfarers, these secret tzaddikim of the sea, they bring out they bring out a certain ore. And, and Rav Hamnun Asaba comes down and he says, the reason I'm functioning now as a taya, the reason I'm coming down here to reorient you to the way of looking, to... to take you out of the stupor of being human, Kavyachal, so that you can begin to look anew at the Torah is because now it's time for my son to have his galus. That secret of the Hamshacha, of that oilam, of that oilam, that's kulo or the meime ein sof, the waters of the ein sof through the hiskalus of the yasan and the suda of the Yasan. Kad anna ishtachana, chad merabanan, da azul urcha anintayana basrayu. So when I find myself wandering along the way, I find a rev who's walking along the road and I travel after him. And today I also thought I was going to hear new words of Torah. I thought I would hear something new. I thought I would hear a Chiddush, he says. And this is a deep joke that he's saying to them. I thought I would hear something new. And I heard absolutely nothing. In truth, what's going to be revealed is what he did hear is the secret of low. He heard the secret of low here, the secret of the mila de rekana, the empty words that provide the, the white canvas upon which a person can breathe life of significance into their interpretation of the Torah, into their own os, os in the Torah, especially in the Zohar Kadosh, following the teachings of the tzaddikim. V'loi shamana midai. It's not that I didn't hear anything. Rav Himunasab is hinting to them, as we're going to see with Rav Chi and Rav Yossi, they're learning the secrets of concealment and how concealment is revelation. As the Ramak and the Arizal says, ha'elem hu agilu ve'agilu hu ha'elem 
that the revelation is concealment and concealment is revelation because when the infinite is revealed, so it's too revealed for anything to receive it and therefore it needs to be concealed so that it can be received in a measurable way. And therefore the revelation of the infinite is its own concealment because we can't grasp it when it's fully revealed. And therefore there needs to be a symptom. There needs to be a concealment. So the concealment is the revelation and the revelation is the concealment. And that's what's taking place in the unfolding process of the Torah HaKadosh with the Kashi and the Teretz, the Kashi and the Teretz, the joke and the and the, the answer to the joke, the Mile de Bidichusa and the Matan Torah, the Havamin and the Maskana, the wandering and arriving at the point, Torah Shebechsav, Torah Shebaopeh. All of those elements give birth to the Sha'ashu and the Araisa. And he says, I thought I would hear something new. Amar Rav Yaisi says, B'chol milin deshamana deka'amart loy tahavna elamichad. And now Rav Yossi hints again. Rav Chia says, no, let's look a little bit deeper here and understand that we're not dealing with strangeness, but there are cloud that's taking us out of ourselves. We're dealing with a deepening of our awareness from this traveler who's offering us a new way of looking at reality, a new way of understanding the Torah. So look at the word seriously and take the, and, and, and trust that you'll find gold there. And now Rav Yossi is responding after Rav Chia spoke and after the Taya spoke and, and he empties Rav, Rav Yossi out and he says that you've understood nothing. I didn't hear any new words. So Rav Yossi hints to the fact that Avada I knew, I know who you are, I know your secret. I have no questions for you whatsoever. I have no questions for you. I don't have any questions, says Rav Yossi to him. I really wasn't bothered by any of the words that you said except for one. Either they're words that are spoken in a state of jest or foolishness, or they're empty words. Amar hu sabu umanihu. And the Saba says, Yeah, which one? So Amar of Yosi, Rav Yosi says, Ulamta Shapirta the Lespa Inin Bukule. Now the Zohar Akadosh continues and it enters into the <coughs> into the world of the Sabda Mishpatim. And it's Kadai to learn the Sabda Mishpatim with the Masuk Midvash, with the Balasulam, because it's a it's a very important element of the Zohar Kadush, and it teaches the deep secret of the love sickness that is inherent with one's relationship with the Torah, of every time I feel that I'm grasping, it evades me. And it's not an evasion that causes me to move backwards to feel that I'm despised by it, but rather it's an evasion that draws me closer, like the secret of Shir HaShirim, of Eshes Chayel Ataris Baila, the secret of the Memches Kenyani Torah, and the way that one relates to the infinitely unfolding process of interpretation of Torah through the lens of a machshava kadosha, of a lev tahor, and, a, and a, a body that's naki and tahor and kadosh, that through those orientations, a person is mahapich themselves into a melech, the moach, the lev, and the kaved, and they transform the kaved, the lev, and the moach, they refine all three parts of themselves, and they become a merkava, where they are able to interpret new milin, milin chadasin atikin, milin atikin chadasin, old ancient words, ancient new, ancient new words, the light of atik yemin. One element that I just want to focus on here is the element of Ulamta Shapirta Delespain. And the Zohar Kaddish refers to Malchus as Ulamta Shapirta Delespain. And it's a beautiful maiden that is devoid of eyes. The beautiful maiden, the secret of Malchus, the secret of a world that is devoid of vision, that has no eyes, no hashkacha in it, no chachma. This is from Ishbitz and Radzin, no chachma illuminating it, no clear expression of a Kaddish Baruchus Hashkacha Pratis. And that element of a Kaddish Baruch concealing his Hashkacha Pratis is part of the joke that a Kaddish Baruch reveals as Rav Menachem and Gloves, Khusyaganalenu points out so often the name of his Rebbe, the Vilnagon, that the fact that it appears that there's no Hashkacha practice in Metzias and every single practical element of one's life is the deepest Hastara Shayesh. When a person allows their eyes to illuminate Metzias again, they come to see that. 
that the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu are there and their eyes that can be given to everything in the world and I can see everything in a lens of goodness but during the week Malchus appears to be an and it appears to be this dark thing that's devoid of illumination where a person is stuck in the stuckness of the six days of the week that keep me stuck and then ultimately it's as we come out of Shabbos when we look into the Kiddush cup the blackness of the Kiddush cup that void that's devoid of eyes and as the Arizal says we pay attention to it and we see our eyes within it, we're giving eyes to Malchus. We're elevating the darkness. We're elevating, transforming that emptiness. We're transforming that concealment and revealing it to be an element of revelation. And it's at that point that there's kishut and deloyhave, that a person is able to refine, 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 reveal more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light, specifically from within the preceding concealment, which is the secret of the six days of the week that lead to Shabbos, the confusion that leads to the Torah, and, and all of the, the bilbulim and the gilgulim that a person goes through prior to finding the particular ticket of each and every day as we understand that we're ourselves to the best that we can through the lens of the tzaddikim amitim and our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Be'ezrus Hashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>